0: 34. Psalm 34. We're going to look at a few verses there, verses 1 through 10. As I read, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Well, that's all the time. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad, not sad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt His name together. Everyone say together. Together. You know, when you come together, there is assembly required. All of us together in faith, worshiping God, magnifying the Lord. I sought the Lord and He heard me and He delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto Him and were lightened. Their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried. Now you know why this poor man cried, don't you? He was having poor problems. But thank God the Lord heard him. And saved him out of his poor troubles. I wonder, will he do that? For all of us. From all of our troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see for yourself. Amen. You ever been around a person that they're eating and they're going, mm, 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 mm? Well, you can only hear that long enough to where you want to taste for yourself. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed, empowered to prosper, is the man that trusts in him. Oh, reverence the Lord, you His saints, for there is no want to them that fear Him. Read verse 10 with me. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Glory. Taste and see the Lord is good. When you seek Him, you'll not want any good thing. Amen. Amen. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, look at verses 9 through 12 with me in the amplified version if you would. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 says, but on the contrary as the scripture says, what eye has not seen nor ear has not heard, what has not entered into the heart of man, all, notice this, all that God has prepared, made, and keeps ready for those who love him. Pay particular attention to that. Praise the Lord. He has made and keeps ready good things for those that love Him. Now drop down to verse 12. And it says in verse 12, Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is from God, that we might realize and comprehend. And I think the word comprehend there could easily mean embrace. God wants us to embrace what He's made ready for us and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed on you by God. And then going over to Ephesians, the second chapter. And I want us to look at verse 10 once again in the Amplified Version. Ephesians chapter 2. And we look at verse 10. You know you're special to God, don't you? You know that you're His handiwork, don't you? That you're His workmanship. Well, that's what the Bible says. For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us. Now notice, taking paths which He has prepared ahead of time. Okay? That we should walk in them... Living what kind of life? life. What kind of life? The, life? the kind of life God wants you to live. Living the good life. Which he prearranged, and here's that thought again that we're going to see over and over again in today's lessons lesson, and made ready for us to live. And then turn over to Psalm 31. Psalm 31. And let's look at verse 19. We're going to look at it, first of all, from the King James. And then we're going to look at it from the New Living Translation. King James Version. How great is your goodness, goodness, which you have stored up, there it is again, for those that fear you, those that reverence you, which you have bestowed in the sight of men on those who take refuge in you. Okay. Now notice the New Living Translation. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. King James says, you laid up goodness for those that trust you. Amen. Made ready, laid up, stored up. Are you getting the picture here? In other words, God's got a vast supply of goodness on reserve with your name on it. With your name on it. And my name on it. Think about that for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Laid up. Stored up. One writer says, goodness is that attribute of God that he loves to give to all who can and will receive it. David Barron goes on to say, he who is all good, he who is the creator of all good, absolute good, has a vast abundant supply for you. And the angels, they don't have to take an inventory on it every day. To see if it's still there. There's a vast supply. There's breakthroughs with your name on it. (laughs) There are breakthroughs with my name on it. Oh, glory to God. And he goes on to say, there is no limit to his giving except our capacity to receive it. Now, there's a gentleman that was alive during the healing revival in the 40s. He ran with people like Jack Coe and William Branham and Gordon Lindsay and Oral Roberts. Name's F.F. Bosworth. F.F. Bosworth wrote what I consider to be one of the greatest books on the subject of healing I've ever read. It's called Christ the Healer. How many of you have ever read it? Amen. Christ the healer. Now here, listen to what Mr. Bob, Bosworth says about goodness and benevolence. Excuse me. Benevolence is that great attribute of God. Therefore, if you want to please Him, remove all of the obstacles out of the way of the exercise of his benevolence. It gives God good pleasure to give you the kingdom. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. Our Father, our God, is looking for receivers. There is nothing open. There is nothing hidden, rather, from him, from his eyes. Everything is open to him. And the eyes of the Lord, they're running to and fro throughout the whole earth. Let's bring it closer to home through this church. In the people sitting in these chairs. The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth, searching, looking for someone who will receive of his vast supply. Amen. And whose heart is perfect toward him. Now it's football season. I think the Raiders are playing right now. I know the 49ers are playing a little bit later. So there's football from the time you open your eyes till the time you close them at night on the weekend, right? Somebody said yes and amen. Now the quarterback, if he runs a play that he's going to pass the ball, what is he looking for? What's he looking for? He's looking for a receiver. Okay. The name of the game in football is to get a touchdown. Now, before that receiver can get free, and really before the quarterback is enabled able to throw the past, there have to be some obstacles removed. And that's where you have your, your guards and you have your tackles and you have the people in those plays that have assignments to remove the obstacles, to block them, so he can get the pass off and so it can be received. Likewise, in our lives, there are obstacles. There are things that must be removed out of the way So that you and I can receive from our heavenly quarterback. And I'll guarantee you every time he picks up the ball, he intends for you to receive. He intends for a touchdown in our lives. Woo, glory. So remove then the the obstacles And that's what I I want to talk to you for a little while along those lines today. Uh, Some obstacles have got to be removed. Because you see, the difficulty is not on God's side. The difficulty is not on heaven's side. The resistance, the pressure, the obstacles is on this side. Now, one of the things that will keep a person from receiving of this vast supply is sin consciousness. A sense of inferiority. A sense of insecurities. The belief that I'm just not good enough. I know God's good, but I'm no good. I know God is good, but, you know, I've done this, and I've done that, and I grew up on this side of the track, and I used to do this, and I used to that. God is saying, you've got to remove those obstacles. You've got to get rid of the consciousness of failure and the insecurities that the enemy will bring into your life in order for you to receive from the Lord. Look at Luke chapter 5. This will help you today. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm getting helped. Luke, the fifth chapter. We're going to look at a net breaking, ship sinking. (laughs) Running over blessing of fish in Simon Peter's boat. In Luke chapter 5, verse 1, it says, It came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, He stood by the lake of Genesaret, verse 2, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. Let's track it through. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a what? Verse 5. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, now we have toiled all the night. And we have taken nothing. But nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to do what? I'm going to be a doer of the word. Verse 6. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Glory. That's a type for you and I. How about some net breaking, ship sinking, overflow in this church? Amen. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they both, come on now. So they both did what? They started to sink. Oh my goodness. Now notice with me in verse, the next verse. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man we could say that within this context that Simon was very aware of his sin. Now, I don't want to read this into the text, but I want to borrow this for a moment and tell you that once you have been born again, you are no longer a sinful man. You are no longer a sinful woman. But there are... Christians, not by the thousands. There are Christians by the millions who pull away from God because they're conscious of their sin. Kenyon calls it sin consciousness. I can't be a part of that. I'm not good enough. I'm not able to receive that. I'm not able to do that. So, having a consciousness of unworthiness and of sin consciousness then becomes an obstacle that must be removed out of the way. Quite frankly, what I'm saying to you this morning is you and I must get a revelation of righteousness. There must be an awakening to our right standing before the Father in Christ Jesus. As a matter of fact, Jesus has been made unto us righteousness. Now, if you look at the book of Romans thoroughly and you study it from the beginning through the end, you see that the book of Romans, basically, the theme is righteousness. He starts out in Romans 1 16 saying, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why, Pastor? Because it's the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believes. To the Jew first, also to the Greek. And then in verse 17 of Romans 1, he says, For therein is the righteousness revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just. Come on now. Those that are in right standing with God shall live by what? By faith. And so, once the lights go on, if you will, to the fact that you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that you are no longer an old sinner saved by grace but you have been delivered from darkness and brought into right standing with God, then you will be able to say to God, I'm ready to receive from your vast resource of goodness and of glory. Look at Romans 5 verse 17. Righteousness, right standing with God, puts you in a state of divine favor and being accepted and approved by God. In Romans, the fifth chapter in the 17th verse in the Amplified Version, it says, For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one, much more, much more, surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, notice, and the free gift of righteousness. Putting them into right standing with God, what are they going to do? They're going to live as paupers here on earth. They're going to be poverty stricken. They're going to be kept down. They're going to be knocked down and they'll never get ahead in life. That's not the gospel. The gospel is a story of Jesus coming to this earth and taking our place. Becoming like ordinary man so you and I could become like a supernatural king's kid in the earth. Oh, glory to God. The scripture says receive the gift of righteousness and that will put you in position to reign as a king. Now, I don't know whether they've introduced you to him or not, but my name is King Mark. You know, they call LeBron James King James. Well, I don't know whether LeBron's born again or not. But if he is born again, he's King James. But you don't have to make multi-million dollars to be a king in God's sight. Oh, hallelujah. Are you here today? Could somebody just help me out just a teeny little bit this morning? We serve the king of kings, and we are one of those kings that he's the king of. And he will not fall off his throne if your needs are met. He won't fall out if you drive a Mercedes. He won't fall out if not only you pay your bills, but pay all the bills of the church. Thank you, Lord. The gospel is a revelation of how God makes man righteous. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.21. Let's just keep on this track now. Remove all of the obstacles. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Are you ready? Let's read. For he hath made him To be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made. You didn't get a makeover when you got born again. You were made brand new. And you have been made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus took our sinful condition so we could receive his righteous condition. And by the way, when we're talking about getting a revelation of righteousness, we're talking about first-class righteousness. There are no second-class citizens in the kingdom of God. Now, the world system has different classes, but I want you to get rid of all of those old sin tags You are not middle class. You are not lower class. You are not on poverty class. You are a first class citizen of the kingdom of God with a bill of rights called the B-I-B-L-E and you can stand on your covenant and put your chest out because God has made you righteous. The devil will tell you you will never have. The devil will tell you that you'll never be able to do this. You'll never be able to go on vacation. You'll never, ever, ever. Well, he is the God of nevers. Because he can never make it right with God. Our God is the God of always. <laughs> he always causes us to triumph. He always causes us to win. Come on now. How many of you have ever flown somewhere and Man, you just wanted to be in first class so bad. You know, they've got first class and then they've got economy class. And you get on those jets and you see in the first class and, uh, man, they're eating steak and, you know, fresh in-and-out burgers. You know, and they're they're waiting on them, I mean, hand and foot. And you're back there, you got your peanuts and Dr. Pepper. You know, that's all right. I mean, that's okay. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. We were in economy all the way home, rejoicing in the Lord, praying, praising God. Amen. Glory to God. Rejoicing in our peanuts. But I got to thinking, glory to God in Christ Jesus. I'm not in economy. I'm in the first class seat. I've been raised up together and made to sit together in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Far above all principality and power. And that's you. And that's me. Now I've flown overseas. I've flown business. I've been waiting on hand and foot. And thank God that's wonderful and great. Most of the time I fly economy. But in Christ Jesus we're flying first class. Come on somebody. We're flying first class. We got first class righteousness. With him. And so that, that obstacle, that, 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 that thing that drains you, that makes you feel like less than the least, that's the devil. And there's got to come into your heart a dawning. There's got to come into your heart light. And so if you're battling and struggling with sin consciousness and you're struggling and battling with condemnation, I exhort you to get a revelation of righteousness. I remember back in the treatment center in 1975, I was just so beat up and beat down by the devil before I was born again. Understand this, that I came out of a lifestyle of drugs after being drugged thoroughly for five years. And when I hit what they call reality, the enemy started toying with my mind. And it's as it were, he started showing me videos and pictures of everything that I had done and friends that had died and all sorts of stuff that pointed to death. Quite frankly, it was overwhelming. But in March of 1975, I got born again. And I got translated out of that system... And I got brought into a new system. But even though I was born again here, I was still having difficulty in my head. Can you listen? Are you listening to me? Because it's your spirit that's born again. Your mind isn't. And that's why he says we need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. And so over the process of time, I just began to work with this word and work with this word. And I didn't find this revelation of righteousness in the church I grew up in. Because quite frankly, they don't know anything about it. I didn't find this revelation of righteousness in a religious church. I found this revelation of righteousness in the Bible. And there came a day where the entrance of His Word brought light. And it gave understanding to the simple. And all of a sudden, my days of inferiority, my days of condemnation... My days of feeling like less than the least melted, glory to God, like a snowball in a hot Texas July sunshine. And I'm telling you, the same thing can happen for you. Amen. So turn to Hebrews chapter 10. It's an obstacle. Let it be removed. I got something this past week that I saw in my spirit. And uh, would you agree with me that our, our God is huge? Yes. That our God is big? Yes. And that he desires to do big and huge things for you? Yes. Is there a vast supply of goodness or not? Yes. And, I, and I got this in my spirit. I thought about the, the prayer of Jabez. How many of you are aware of Jabez? One of the things that Jabez prayed was, Bless me indeed. But then he said, Enlarge my territory. Or it could mean, Enlarge my inc- my uh, influence. Lord, may there be an increase in my life. Enlarge my territory. And I believe that the Lord showed me this. And that is, That Your territory will never be enlarged until you are enlarged down here. There has to be an opening up. There has to be a stretching, if you will, in our spirit. Somehow we've got to get rid of restrictive thinking. We've got to get rid of small thinking. And as long as a person is is walking around feeling, you know, bad about themselves and sin conscious and all that. They're restricted in what they can receive from God. Are you listening to me? Oh, but my brothers and sisters, it is the will of God that God would grant us to be filled with all the fullness of God. And that there would be such a strengthening in our spirit that we would be able to open our hearts to all that God has and wants to do in us and through us and for us. It is not the effectual prayer of a sin conscious person that avails much. It is not the effective prayer of a condemned person that avails much. But, all oh, brothers and sisters, it is the effectual, heartfelt, continued prayer of a man or a woman who has a revelation of their right standing with God that will make tremendous power available and it will be dynamic in its working. You see, if you don't have any confidence toward God, your prayers will be weak. But, oh, thank God we're coming up in this church. Are you coming up? I'm coming up. Look at your neighbor and say, "I'm coming up. I'm coming up. So look at Hebrews chapter 10 now. Hebrew's the tenth chapter. And verse one. It says, "Having therefore, brothers, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus." Glory to God. Verse 19 of Hebrews 10. Having therefore brothers. What? Bold. Having what? Bold. Does God want you to be bold? Yes. Or does he want you to be dead and cold? Bold. I'd rather be hot and bold than dead and cold any day of the week. Now, The blood will make you bold. Can we take a little side journey here a minute? Go quickly to Proverbs 28 verse 1. And then we'll go back to Hebrews 10. Having therefore, brethren, boldness. Boldness, confidence, assurance. To enter in by the blood. Look at here. The wicked flee when what? I mean, the wicked are so fear-ridden, there's not anybody chasing after them, and they're still running. (laughs) Paranoid. But that's not you. But the righteous... (laughs) What are the righteous, anyway? The wicked flee when no man pursueth, But the righteous are what? Bold as a lion. So let's go back to Hebrews 10. Bold as lions. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Here's what sin consciousness will do. I've learned this. Sin consciousness causes one to draw back in fear. But righteousness consciousness causes us to be bold and draw near. To be bold and to draw near near verse 20 through 22 of Hebrews 10 by a new and living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God thank God we do let us that you that's me is that us let us draw near With a true heart. And full assurance of faith. Why? Because our hearts have been sprinkled from an evil conscience. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. Smith Wigglesworth said this. I love this statement. He says, there is not one thing in me the blood does not cleanse. And he furthermore said, the Holy Spirit never brings condemnation. But he always reveals the blood of Christ. He is the lifting power of the church. The Holy Spirit is the lifting power of the church. He will lift you up above that obstacle of sin consciousness. Now let's look at it from the message version. Hebrews chapter 10, let's start in verse 19. This is good food right here. Let's read it together. Ready, read. So, friends, we can now, without hesitation, walk right up to God into the holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice, acting as our priests before God, The curtain into God's presence is His body. Let's read on. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. So, (laughs) what are we waiting on? What are you waiting on? You waiting until your feelings line up? Are you waiting until you feel forgiven? No, let's do it. Let's do it full of belief, full of faith, confident that we are presentable. Come on now. We are presentable. We are presentable inside and out. Woo, glory to God. Amen. I didn't say you're not going to have any problems. Look at 2 Corinthians 2.14. Remember the Apostle Paul, don't you? The Apostle Paul faced some difficulties that you and I probably will never face. The Scripture says he was in wearings often, in fastings often, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. He said three times was I stoned. He was left for dead, wasn't he? But the lifting power of the church lifted him up. Amen. There was a time where, where Paul was on an island after he would experienced a shipwreck on his way to Rome. And they were building a fire. And out of the fire there came a viper. And you know what that viper did, don't you? That viper attached itself to Paul's arm and bit him. A poisonous snake. But what did the Apostle Paul do? Did he call 911? No, they didn't have 911 in those days. The Apostle Paul simply shook it off. Amen. And the Spirit of God met him and healed him in front of all of those people on the island. And he was able to preach the gospel, glory to God, and people turned to the Lord. That's awesome. You see, Paul could have allowed life's circumstances to beat him down. It could have been an obstacle for him. We all go through tests and temptations and trials. But the Bible says there is nothing that has come our way except that is common to man. Amen. Now, here's what Paul said. Notice this in 2 Corinthians 2.14. He says, Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes me to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Now, let's look at that in the Amplified Version. I I got some insight into this recently. In the Amplified Version of 2 Corinthians 2.14, Thank you, Lord. But thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph. We're trophies of Christ's victory. Now notice this. And through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. Was there a fragrance coming out of the Apostle Paul? Did the Apostle Paul face some fiery trials? But he came out of the fire every time smelling like a rose. And that's exactly the will of God and the plan of God for our lives. And yet there's millions of Christians that go through the test. They go through the trial. They live most of their lives in the valley. And they have a valley mentality. And they want everybody to know when the 510-415-650-925-612-952-918-916 area code know about it. They think that if they can just get enough people to pray, then maybe someday they'll get out of the valley. Someday never comes. Because as long as a person is going to rehearse over and over and over and over again. It's like, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Well, bless your heart. I am not saying to you this morning that we are not to care for one another. I am not saying that we are not to take our shields and lock shields together. I'm not saying that we should not come to our own company and have a prayer meeting and beat the devil up. But once that's done, and once that's taken care of in the Spirit, you need to leave it and let it go and keep your sights and your affections on Jesus with an expectant heart, knowing that your breakthrough is on its way. No pity parties. But with our eyes on him. And rejoicing ahead of time. That our God is faithful. And that he's taking us through to the other side. Can you see that sin consciousness and pity parties can be obstacles? There's vast supply of goodness that he's kept ready that is stored up and that is waiting to be released on our behalf God's looking for a receiver don't let a narrow restricted mindset hold you back but open your heart up And say, no more sin consciousness for me. No more pity parties for me. It's a new day. It's a new season. My God's going to work in my life. We don't have time to do this sermon justice like we could do it. But I've got one more area that I really feel in my spirit that God wants to stress. So turn back to Psalm 31. And let's look at... Verse nineteen once again. Are you still here? Oh the goodness of God. Hallelujah. So we look back at Psalm thirty-one nineteen and and we we see here it says, O great is thy goodness, which you have laid up for them that fear you, which you have worked for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. I like the what the living translation says. The Living Translation says this. Oh, how great is your goodness to those who publicly declare that you will rescue them. Anybody need some rescuing? Hallelujah. Just publicly declare it. God is rescuing me. God is rescuing me right now. Now listen to this. For you have stored up great blessings. For those who trust you and those who reverence you. Now, I can't hardly think about the word blessed without thinking of Ephesians 1 3. In Ephesians 1 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Say it with me, He has blessed me. What's He blessed you with, Pastor? Well, He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Where? In heavenly places, where? In Christ Christ Jesus. Now, so we see this vast supply, right? Well, let me take you there for a moment. I believe that heaven is only the storage place for these blessings. You and I live in a material realm, do we not? And we have need of material things. Today's the ninth, right? Tomorrow, I have need of material things to pay the mortgage. All right? Suits wear out, don't they? I mean, I wear some suits for years, but you know, after a while, it's time to get a new one. And that's not a faith hint, because I can go buy my own suit. But we need material things. You can't go to the bank and, you know, and have a note at the bank and go up to the teller and say, well, I know my money's due, but I just want you to know I've got a word for you. <laughs> oh, you got a word for me. Yes, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. <laughs> well, they're going to have a word for you. And it's probably a word you don't want to hear. Everything that's material was, first of all, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that everything that we see in this material world was not made of things which do appear, but the material world was made out of another world. The material world came from God, who is a spirit. Okay? So let's establish that. So we live in the material realm and we have need of material things. Would you agree? However, the material thing we have, things have its source in the spiritual. Now, what we must do is lay hold of the blessings that He stored up for us from the spiritual into the material. Are you tracking with me? Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. Okay? Now, as you and I pray and we stand on God's Word and lay hold of what's been provided for us, these blessings start manifesting here in the physical realm. Everything. That as on earth has been created by God. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Does he not own the silver and the gold? And he gave the earth to the children of men. If he gave the earth to the children of men, the silver and the gold belongs to the sons of God. But here's what I want you to see. This is all wonderful preaching and it's all great and it's all groovy. I'm feeling the groove right now. But obedience to His ways is a major key to receive from His vast supply. Obedience. Obedience. Turn quickly to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 and 2. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 and 2. If obedience is a major key to receiving, disobedience is a major detriment from receiving. Disobedience is an obstacle that must be removed. Deuteronomy 28, 1, it says, and it'll come to pass. Say it with me. It'll come to pass. I want you to notice the conditions here. If you will hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do every one of his commandments, which I command you this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. That spells to me obedience. Keeping the commandments of the Lord. And then all these blessings, what are they going to do? They're going to come on thee and overtake thee. You will not have to come upon them and overtake them. You will not have to pursue them. They will overtake you. They will pursue you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together. All these blessings. Do we serve a God of blessing? They'll come on thee. And they're going to overtake your life. Yes, amen. Now here's that condition again. If you hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. Now we don't have time this morning. Time slipping away from us. But we don't have time to go into it. But you study it for yourself. You look at Deuteronomy chapter 28. And you look at all the blessings in the first 14 verses. And you will see blessings of fruitfulness. You will see blessing of protection. You will see that you'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the field. You'll be blessed coming in. You'll be blessed going out. There'll be success. There will be days of heaven on earth for you. And I want you to know that's the will of God. That's the plan of God for you. But the condition is you must be obedient. If God puts stuff in your heart and I'm not God, so I don't know. But if God puts stuff in your heart that you don't do, that's disobedience. Are you listening? If God's called you to be a missionary or a pastor or a teacher and you've said no because I'm married and I can't do that, my wife won't do it, that's disobedience. Amen. Anything where we resist the leadings of God is disobedience. Did you know that A refusal to forgive someone that's wronged you is disobedience? Holding on to a grudge? How about this? Husbands, did you know that treating your wife like dirt is disobedience? The Bible says husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church. Well, I don't want to do that. She's supposed to submit to me. Fool. Look at this fool here. You think submission is your wife becoming a doormat for you? No. Submission is both of you submitting yourself under the mighty hand and the word of God and mutually loving and respecting one another. It's not her waiting on you, her fulfilling all your lustful desires. I think I'm preaching pretty good now. Sometimes you just got to make it real to wake the ain'ts up. I mean the saints. But not loving your wife like Christ loves the church is really disobedience. Especially if you know what the Word says. See, my Bible says, Him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And sin is disobedience. Not bringing your tithe into the storehouse. When you know to so restricted so narrow well I got my bills and I got got this and I got that I'm waiting for my ship to come in I got news for you honey the ship ain't left the dock yet and all you're doing is sitting by the dock of the bay wasting time it's funny but it's true If you know to tithe and you don't tithe, you have just narrowed your ability to receive from the vast resource. I believe God wants us to enlarge our hearts today. Look at verse 12 of Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. Verse 12. NIV. Look at that verse. NIV. Here's what will happen when you live a life of obedience. Anybody interested? The Lord will open the heavens. The storehouse of His bounty. Everyone say bounty. Bounty. The storehouse of His bounty. bounty. To send rain on your marriage to send rain on your babies to send rain on your church to send rain on your job and to bless all the work of your hands read the rest you'll lend to many nations but you will borrow from none we got to get out of this borrowing mentality Becoming a slave to the lender. Looking under Obama-nomics. Obama-nomics didn't work any better than bush did. And as long as we have our eyes on the Democrats or the Republicans. And for Uncle Sam to take care of us. We'll come up short. That is a very narrow, restricted mindset. Oh, there's so much more. We are in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven, where there's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. My kingdom that I'm in is a kingdom of blessing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody. Thank him today. Glory to God. So being obedient to his word opens the windows of heaven for you. And the blessings of the Lord come down in overflow stage. Two scriptures and we're done. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. I want you to notice that these are conditional upon you and me being obedient. Verse 19 of Isaiah 1 says, If, that's conditional, you be willing and obedient, you are going to be on food stamps the rest of your days. You'll never get off of welfare. I'm not condemning anyone that's on welfare and I'm not condemning anyone that's on food stamps, but I am appealing to you that that should be a temporary solution to an eternal perspective which means that you're coming up you're getting out and you're moving on up higher if you be willing and obedient you're going to eat the what? oh is there good in the land you're going to eat the good of the land and then closing in Job chapter 36. Job 36 verse 11. Here it is again. Conditional. If you will obey me and serve me. You will spend. That could mean that if you don't obey and serve him. You won't have nothing to spend. But rather be spent. But if you obey and serve Him, you shall spend your days in prosperity and your years. Glory to God. Come on, somebody. My years in pleasure. Thank you, Lord. So F.F. Bosworth said this. Benevolence is that great attribute of God. Therefore, if you want to please Him, Remove all of the obstacles out of the way of the exercise of his benevolence. Let me pray with you today. And I want to lead you in a confession of faith. And let's open up our hearts this morning to a greater work of God's goodness in our lives. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and my sisters that have been so attentive and such a joy to preach to today. I pray for an enlargement of all of our hearts. I pray, Lord God, that each and every one of us, including Pastor Mark and Brenda, Pastor Tom and Kimberly, that you would strengthen each one by your Spirit in our inner man. Lord, we pray that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. Lord, we don't want any obstacles to stand in our way from your great storehouse of goodness. And so say this with me, Heavenly Father. I thank you that you have placed me into your family. I boldly declare that you have made me righteous. I have right standing with God. I can pray effectually and I can lay hold of All that has been provided for me, I remove all obstacles of sin consciousness and disobedience to, I consecrate my life and I declare what you show me, what you give me light in, I will do and I will walk in. I am asking you for heaven's help, heaven's enablement, your grace to do what I know what is right in your sight. Lord, I know that you brought me a mighty long way. I know that you brought me out of darkness into light. Thank you for taking me through the valley of the shadow of death and bringing me every time to the other side. I refuse to moan and groan and complain about the troubles I face. But I will lean heavily on my whole personality upon Your grace. And by faith, I'll come out of each situation smelling like a rose. Now, watch me and open up your heart, both your hands toward heaven, and say, Father, I receive of your goodness, of your vast supply of strength. Pour out your presence, pour out your glory the windows of heaven are open to me. I receive healing. I receive joy. I receive strength. I believe that I will see the goodness of God in the landscape of my life. For it is a good land and you are a good God. Say it with me real strong. God is good to me. God is good to me. God is good to me. God is so good to me. So good all, the all the time. And all the time. all the time. God is good to me. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> oh, glory. I'm praying this prayer for myself every day. Lord, expand my capacity to receive what you want done in this church, in my life. Oh, Father, thank you for an expansion. How many of you want to expand your capacity to receive? One way you can do it is by thanking him. Another way is just talk about how good God is. Just talk about how good God is to you. Go, God's good to me. God's good to me. God's good to Mark. God's good to Tony. God's good to Raul. Well, how good is he? He's so good. He is so good to us. He is so good. And so talk about it, tell it, and see an increase of his goodness in your life.